Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. This is the John Fugelsang Podcast. Let's go. It's Sean and Callie. Hi, Sean. Hey, brother. You know, my thing is we're still sitting here um, talking about everything, which I love your show and I love the crew. You know, and Donald Bin Laden can still be sitting cheating at golf on his Mar-a-Lago, you know, crappy, you know, venue. My yeah. thing is, this is not cool. And it's not cool because, you know, most of the American people that get fired up to vote for things nowadays, they look at, what have you done for me lately? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's not my way. I'm very patient. I'm an old guy, right? So you can do the process agenda with me. And you can take your time to do things. I'm cool with that. But that's not how it works in this day, in this day and age. And, and because I learned from my older people above me that, you know, we weren't patient. And they're telling me I'm not patient and, and I wasn't patient. And I was a process agenda kid, you know, and the kids now need to have it right now. And, you know, not only does student debt need to be canceled, we need to prosecute people. They need to understand people, kids nowadays. When I say kids, I'm halfway to more than a hundred, so I don't. I want to put that in context. Okay. So anyone younger than me, I'm just saying they need to see consequences. Otherwise, they say, "What are you doing for me lately?" I Nothing. agree. So we need to keep fighting. We need to win elections. That's the most important thing. But I understand the frustration. And I'm frustrated, and I'm I'm out there, you know, all the time trying to make calls and getting people motivated to vote and doing that kind of thing. I even knocked on doors uh, and I, that kind of thing forever. But you know what? Sometimes you need to take bold action. You need to take courageous action, and you need to talk and do it every day and saturate. We don't have the airwaves, but anytime you get a chance, until the American people, that they are trying to destroy our country, and that's what yep. they're trying to do. It's not hyperbole. They're trying to take us into Putin's world. Is that where you really want to go? And your last, yeah. one of your uh, last uh, guests had said it so eloquently uh, that that's exactly what they're trying to do. We need to pound this message into the American people before they get too saturated in whatever the – the thing of the day is tomorrow. You know what and I mean? And you're not lying, by the way, about Putin, because think about the appeal that Putin has for our right-wing people. He, he, he's authoritarian. He rules a land that's overwhelmingly white. He pretends to be Christian. 
He cracks down on journalists. He hates Joe Biden. He hates feminists. He hates gays. He hates liberals more than anyone in this country. Hello. Nobody ever tries to illegally immigrate to his country. He thinks democracy is for Nancy boys. Uh, I think Putin actually could get the GOP nomination for president if he wanted. Hey, that's the problem, because I agree, and that's what this Satan, DeSantis, but the Satan in Florida is trying to do, and that's just disgusting. And by the way, one last thing, brother. You know, when you start attacking Walt Disney as a Republican Party, you're attacking Walt Disney. You, you have lost everything. You have attacked baseball. That's why the All-Star game was moved. And damn, what's left? Apple pie. So what, what? you're not going <laughs> to like the way people do apple pie? Because you're attacking Disney, Republicans. Rethink what you're thinking about here, because whether or not you or I like Walt Disney or not, that is America. People love that crap. But it's not even that. that it's it's not even that. It's not even that, uh, uh, Sean, because you have to understand, who knows what Ron DeSantis really thinks about Walt Disney? Ron DeSantis cares about one thing, him getting the Republican nomination for president and Mr. Trump not shutting him down in that effort. So who knows what he really thinks? But think about this. He, he won Florida as governor by only 32,000 votes. Hello. Disney employs 77,000 Florida voters. I mean, he is the smarter Trump, but he is still dumb as a sack of wet mice. I'm with you, brother. And I'll tell you what, I'll stand with Disney baseball and apple pie before I stand with the GOP. I'll stand with them when they're right, and I'll oppose them when they're wrong. The point is, um, Ron DeSantis' law, this don't say gay law, it's worse than don't say gay. Because the law really should be, go ahead and say gay, and we'll let any crazy motherfucker sue your entire school district. And then the local taxpayers will foot the bill. It is deeply offensive. And Greg Sargent has got a great piece in the Post about how they're actually going to push back on it. And it's quite brilliant. Um, because the law claims to not be anti-gay. Law keeps saying not anti-gay at all. It just doesn't allow teachers to talk about sexual identity or sexual orientation to children kindergarten through third grade. But it's not anti-gay. It's just the children shouldn't hear about these things. So there's going to be this movement that Sergeant wrote about today where parents are going to sue. People are going to sue the state of Florida if their teachers talk about heterosexual parents, mommy and daddy, or if they use pronouns like he or she, because it'll show that, yes, it is all about demonizing gay and transgender people because you claim it's just about sexual orientation or gender identity. So go ahead. We'll sue you for saying mommy and daddy because you really are only trying to discriminate against kids who have two daddies or two mommies. It's just brilliant. I hope they do it. I hope it's a great way to show how just evil and sinister and cruel this ridiculous bill, this law, this double talk and jive that's just homophobia disguised as parental responsibility, the way they call anyone who disagrees with it a groomer. I mean, my God, the bill oh, does nothing God. to discourage grooming. Dennis the bill Hassard. does nothing, does nothing to discourage, discourage grooming. Hey, Dennis Hastert and the Republicans really are the are the poster childs for pedophiles and all that wide stances. I agree. Know, meth and, well, that was Larry Craig, but yes, that was Larry Craig. But yeah, yes. no, both. I mean, Dennis Hastert was a pedophile. But my thing is, you know, hey, people, we need to win these elections. You know, this is serious business. 
this is very serious. And as much as I wish we could have complicated discussions about everything, we got the Supreme Court, we got the courts, and we have going forward, do you want to inch along or do you want to make this thing a, a, a bloodbath for the GOP because they support people that attacked our capital on January 6th to Preach. overturn our country. Preach. Remember. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Holla. elected person. Word. I'm with you, man. Thank right, you very brother. much, Sean. Thanks, Thanks for your passion. Thank you, Patriot. Hello, Hello, Howard. What's up? Hello. Hi. Hello. Hi. John? Yes, Howard. Oh, hi. How you been? I'm Listen, I'm, I haven't called much. Uh, it's so infuriating, you know, depressing and terrifying what's going on in the country. And I was listening to Tom Hartman end of last week, and he's pretty sure we're going to lose both elections for them in the, at the midterms. And that's even yeah. more depressing. So I want well, we will if no one right shows up. We, we we will if people don't show up to vote. If everybody who voted Correct. for Biden last time shows up, then it'll it'll be safe. If they don't, well, we'll find out how bad it'll get. Yeah, but here's an idea. I want to. I mean, I was so angry. I thought back when I was president of a Citibank South Korea, and I had some influence and some resources. First thing I would, and I would get it. I would not retire. I am now would have. Stayed another three years, not stayed, gone to work for three years on the following idea. And I just wanted maybe somebody listening could do it. I'm just an old fart now. Stop so now. to counter the propaganda of the right, I mean, they own 90 percent of the broadcast networks. Dems own 10. They yep. ground us with sledgehammers and fear of the same thing. They all say the same to you. We'll never compete with that. There's nobody around. But my idea, and I tell you, I would have dedicated three years of my life, is to set up something like a TikTok network where you don't have anything partisan. You don't have. You never mention the word left. You never mention the word right. But the amazing thing about TikTok, they got one billion users in five years. And what it would have done is made it about fact and fiction, nothing partisan. And I would have called it the Albert Einstein School of uh, Fact and Fiction. Nice. I had connections, so I would have tried to get into the two richest women in the world, um, which would be Mackenzie Bezos and Melinda Gates. I would have put everything I had to start countering that network. And same time, about the Democrats don't know how to mention, uh, don't know how to message to save their lives. 
and I think our democracy is gone in 2020, 2024. And I don't want to leave that shitty world to my kids and my grandkids. Talk me out of this. Tell me everything will be all right. Look, here's the deal. It's, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie to you and tell you that I think that suddenly everyone's gonna give a shit and show up to vote in the midterms. We know through history, the only time we've seen people show up to vote in midterms is after 9/11. In my life, that's it. Yep. Bush did well after 9/11 in his first midterms. Every other president, as Barack Obama puts it, got shellacked. But I also know that this media that's so obsessed with the horse race, <laughs> the media might want Donald Trump to come back in 2024. Yeah, the media might, but but journalists don't. And Trump will be great for ratings in a campaign, but I sort of feel like uh, I don't think he can be elected again. I think he can wreck the Republican Party. Look, Kevin McCarthy's worst nightmare is being Speaker of the House because Kevin McCarthy is a dope who can't do anything. And all they will do is obstruct all they will do if they take the House and Senate is be shitty. And that's what Joe Biden will have to run against. Joe Biden is very fond of saying, don't judge me just for me. Judge me by what the other guy wants. And Joe Biden will run against him. And it's what happened to Bill Clinton. It's what happened to Barack Obama. They got shellacked in their midterms, and then they got reelected anyway. So I'm not worried long term because what the, the, the only thing that gets people to show up and vote against Republicans is Republicans getting power and reminding people how shitty they are. This happens my whole life. It keeps happening. Yeah. They, every Democratic president that's been elected in my life has gotten the job because a Republican fucked everything up. So I know it'll be bad. It'll be very bad if they take over the House and Senate. But it's not the end of the world. It won't be. And well, it'll motivate people to show up in 2024. But the, 2024, in the meantime, I'm not giving up. I'm, I'm not going to get negative about I'm it. Not and, giving and, up. Yeah. So, you know, as long as you show up to vote, that's a start. And I tell that to all of my friends, even my enemies, as it goes now. And, and by the way, Howard, one last thing. Dictator like FDR, yeah. One last thing. They want you to despair. They want you to think there's no hope. They want you to give up. Don't give the fascists what they want. Don't do it. Oh, I understand. And I if they take I, over the House I, and I Senate, don't. don't let them see you cry. Keep on fighting. Yeah. I just want to be able to do more. I mean, I had influence 10, 20 years ago. Anyway, John, you take you. good care. Be safe in this crazy world, man. You too. Take care of yourself. Thank you so much for the call. Let's try to get a couple more calls in before the break. Dave in Washington. Hi. Hey, John. Hey, thanks for giving me time. Um, it's like Hartman's got me down to like 60 seconds and once a week. Oh, that's but, all the time um, we have. But thank you, Dave, for calling. Let's go to. No, go ahead. Fine. <laughs> that's pretty good hey the and i'll be quick look um it kind of made me sad you were talking to somebody last night and you were trying to explain why you're not a warmonger i've heard other liberals do that i don't understand why people can't understand when armies throw kids into wells and they shoot guys that are going old guys that are trying to go back for their tomato plant so you shoot and kill them i don't understand why people can't figure out that that's wrong but My my main point is is um, this Vladimir Putin thing with Joe Biden. I get why Joe Biden's bringing up Vladimir Putin, but with these Trump voters, you know the way they are, and these people that don't understand throwing kids down into wells is bad. Yeah, I'm not so sure bringing up Vladimir Putin and pulling him into our 
his name into our political discourse. I'm not sure that's a great idea. Well, I think Joe Biden Biden throwing, I think Joe Biden throwing everything he's got at them is the best idea possible. And you know what? If it takes the atrocities of Vladimir Putin to get some of these moderates off the couch and show up to vote, then go ahead and do it. Because people need to know when you don't show up to vote, a racist will show up to vote in your place. Yeah, we, we all definitely have to show up. I mean, um, Hartman and um, John Bolton. I hate John Bolton. I like uh, I like Tom Hartman, but they both agree that that, that Donald Trump is not going to run, and I just can't get there, John. I cannot. I I believe the guy covets power. And I hope he does run. I hope he. I I think Donald Trump is easier to beat than uh, than Ron DeSantis. So let's see what happens. I hope he does. We'll find out. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you there. DeSantis is a bit more clever, which is even scarier in a way. Nah, anyway, he's also, right. he's also though, he's he's more clever than Trump, but he's still pretty freaking stupid. So don't forget that either. we got to hit a break. We'll be right back. I'm so excited whenever Bob Seska joins us. He is the host of The Bob Seska Show, one of the finest podcasts you can listen to. You might be a fan of his columns at Salon or his appearances on Stephanie Miller. We are always thrilled to welcome Mr. Seska back. Um, <laughs> it's, it's so good to see you, uh, especially at a time when there are all these obituaries being written for the Democratic Party this year. Um, and in the midst of it all, suddenly we have a brand new superstar for this party, State Senator Mallory McMorrow, who we played a little bit of yesterday, who is one of the first Democratic politicians to really powerfully fight back against the ugliest, most weaseliest thing the GOP has done this year, the new argument that anyone who doesn't hate gay children is a groomer. What did you think of Mm -hmm. uh, the state senator's speech? That was incredible. I think if we get maybe two of these, one or two of these a week between now and November, we could actually dominate the midterm. We could actually change history a little bit here. And uh, because it, it's not just the content of what she was saying in this, oh, my God, barn burner of a, a speech. But it was also the way she said it. It was her delivery. It was the writing in the speech. It was exactly what more democrats need to do and that's evidenced by the fact that at last check i think it had nine or ten million views something like that so we get more of that i mean that was my first reaction i said oh my god this is exactly what we should be doing and in fact i was so enthused by it that i uh i contacted rachel bittacopper who's been on your show and uh and i had her back on my show again and we talked about this speech and then from there what the democrats can do uh, to better their odds in the midterms. Right now, uh, Dr. Bittekoffer is very, uh, well, let's say not very hopeful in terms yeah. of uh, uh, what the outcome could be, although she is shooting for the Democrats with 51 seats in the Senate and 218 seats in the House. That's her goal. Now, getting back to uh, uh, State Senator uh, McMorrow, um, the only thing, the only thing, and this is, I would say this is more of a nitpick on my behalf, John, But the only thing I would have to say about that speech is it was still running after the Republicans. Remember, I talked about last week about where the the, we seem to be the people who chase after the elephants in the parade and scoop up their poop. We need to be leading the parade. Yeah. And in this speech, 
she was actually responding to the Republican message instead of seizing the initiative and relating a Democratic message. And but that I mean, we can still do that. That can still happen. It doesn't need to be this speech didn't need to be everything. It was a great template for how Democrats should be speaking to the public. It doesn't require the traditional press. It doesn't require Chuck Todd on Meet the Press to talk about it in order for it to resonate. It resonated naturally because I think Democrats, voters especially, and I'll speak for social media, craving uh, this kind of forcefulness, this kind of strength at a pulpit. And I think that's what needs to happen a lot And if I may, this kind of morality, you know, I've got a soft spot in my heart for anybody who actually talks about what Christianity really means and calls out the Pharisees and hypocrites, and she did it in ways that I, you know, I get very frustrated because the Democrats have ceded Christianity and faith to the Republican Party the same way they Mm -hmm. have ceded patriotism and the flag to the Republican Party. And as we've discussed, this Republican Party does not fight for a single thing that Jesus taught, and yet the Democrats are so afraid of being called anti-religion, they won't call out this blasphemous bullshit. She did it beautifully by talking about, you know, the hypocrisy of how, yeah, her mother wasn't always there in church showing off in a certain pew because they were actually doing the work of the Lord, working at soup kitchens on Sunday. And to me, that's what Christianity is about, not being seen in church, but a prayer of action, being of service to others. That's how I was raised uh, in my Catholic household. It was less about the worship part of religion, and it was more about doing good deeds. It was about feeding the homeless and uh, doing all the things you want to do, carrying the values that you learn on Sunday in church, or in my case, in Catholic school on Fridays in church as well. Uh, carrying those values with you and applying them to real life. And so, I mean, that's extraordinarily virtuous. But you also mentioned patriotism a second ago. Yes. And I also wanted to mention, too, that Dr. Bittekoffer on my show today was saying, yeah, the Democrats need to play the patriotism card against the Republicans. Hardcore. Because, after all, there's lots of evidence showing that they utterly lack patriot. I mean, they're unpatriotic. As a party, I mean, combine not only their support for Vladimir Putin, but, you know, invading and occupying the Capitol. I did a whole list a couple of weeks ago of being reasons why vaccines. this Republican Party is being against vaccines and masks. They don't give a rat's yeah. They're not pro-life. They don't no. care about protecting Americans. They, they, they don't want to have vaccines and masks to protect American life, but they're fine with a seven hundred billion dollar military budget to protect American yeah. life. I mean, they've been suckered. And I don't think Democrats can necessarily wake people up out of the matrix, Mr. Seska. I don't no. think they're going to bring anybody into the light, but they sure can sway the bystanders. And they've got to remind people that when you stay home this November, it's okay. There's a racist who will vote in your place. And right mm-hmm. now, the racists and the fascists and the corporate con men are praying the good people, the smart people, the folks who can spell your correctly, are too busy to show up and vote. <laughs> Yeah, and now it's a matter, really, of some of the third-party groups. I mean, not third-party, third-party, but, I mean, in some of the activist groups under the Democratic umbrella, the Democratic Party itself, the candidates, the campaigns. It's time to energize voters, and I think a lot of candidates uh, took a good look at Senator McMorrow yesterday and said, yeah, that, we need to be doing more of that. I heard from quite a few candidates and also sitting members of state legislatures like, yes, 
we need to, where's the line? Where do I sign up? Where, where's the clipboard? <laughs> you know, I said, go, go and do it. What's stopping you? You've got nothing to lose. You've got plenty of time on the floor of whatever your legislature is, uh, whatever your chamber is, go and use that time and just make sure it gets out into the world via social media. And that's really uh, a major, major component of, of raising the energy level. And without it, we are going to lose uh, dozens of seats in, uh, in the House. We're going to lose our majority in the Senate. And bear in mind, John, that if we lose Congress in this coming up election, the Republicans will control Congress for the 2024 election and Indeed. into 2025. Oh, yeah. So that means if there is a contested presidential election, just like last time, and Donald Trump tries to stage a coup or whatever one of his copycats try to do in the face of that election, there will be no Democratic Congress to backstop democracy if That's we right. do not turn out in this election and we do not preserve our majorities, not just in Congress, but in state legislatures. Well, not to be a cynic, but let me just give two points of mine that are very unpopular opinions. Number one, uh, the people that own the Republicans already yeah. own the Congress because they found mm -hmm. two Democratic senators they could buy off to reject an agenda that was supported by the highest turnout of Americans in the history of our democracy. I mean, yeah, yeah. they did it. Mitch McConnell was openly urging Republican donors to give money to Mansion and Cinema last year. So that that's done. But my excuse me, <coughs> welcome oh, to the COVID war. My even less popular opinion is this: um, as bad as it would be to see the Republican Party take over the House, there's a part of me that is really ready to watch Kevin McCarthy become the most ineffective and the most despised Speaker of the House in history. <laughs> Kevin McCarthy yeah. would make John Boehner look like Obi Wan Kenobi in that job. Mm -hmm. Kevin McCarthy would not be able to control his own caucus. Kevin McCarthy would be having Marjorie Taylor Greens and the Matt Gaetzes run roughshod over him and humiliate him. And it would be the best fundraising tool Democrats would get. It might be one of the best turn-out-the-votes uh, tools Democrats would get because they'd go from a Democratic majority that can't get anything done to a Republican majority that refuses to do anything or to even mm -hmm. try to do anything. Their agenda yeah. is make the rich richer, do whatever Donald Trump wants and churn out slogans and outrage. Yep, absolutely. And uh, right now, the numbers look really good for Kevin McCarthy becoming the next Speaker of the House. And I'll tell you why. There are about 25 toss-up races on the House side. Only eight of the toss-up races are Republican seats. So the vast majority of the toss-ups are on the Republic on the Democratic side. And that's uh, a lot more effort that the Democrats have to put in to protect those seats that's as right. opposed to just eight on the Republican side. So suffice to say, it's pretty tight. There are five toss-ups on the Senate side, by the way, and only one of those toss-ups is a Republican, and that's Ron Johnson. All the rest, including uh, Kelly in Arizona and, uh, and several others that slip my mind right now. But suffice to say, five toss-ups on the Senate side. And only one is Republican. That gives you a good impression in terms of where we are and the catching up that we have to do, in spite of the fact that overall, this 
cycle, the Republicans have to defend more seats in the Senate than the Democrats do. That's yet right. they're once again uh, coming out on top. It was the same thing with 2020. They had to defend uh, way more seats than we did. And yet it ended up 50 50 in the Senate. So it's all about energy. It's all about well, building it's all the about energy turnout and, too. Yeah. At the end of the day, yeah. it's not about Joe Biden. It's not about the Democrats. It's about the American people. And if mm-hmm. everyone who showed up to vote for Joe Biden showed up again this November, if they could find time yeah. two years later to do the same thing again, we wouldn't be writing these obituaries now. So I, mm-hmm. I do want to ask you about what you and, and Rachel, Dr. Bittercoffer, discussed in terms of what Dems can do. But first, I want to play this. Joe Biden today met with our top military members and members of the Joint Chiefs and combatant commanders in the cabinet room. And he was discussing Ukraine and other hotspots. Um, and here is a clip. This is a one, Chris, of uh, President Biden praising America's military leaders in this joint meeting at the White House. As commander in chief, I, uh, I rely on your advice and maintain our, maintain our military edge and remain the ultimate guarantor of America's security. But quite frankly, even though I've been vice president for uh, eight years and the senator for 36, I, uh, I didn't fully appreciate that uh, how the rest of the world literally looks to us as the leader of the free world. I mean, looks to us in very precise, specific ways and uh, something you all fully, fully understand. Um, and uh, I rely, as I said, on your advice, uh, your, your advice and your ability to maintain our military edge. Now, think about that humility, and then think about the fact that Donald Trump spent four years berating generals, talking yeah. about how much more he knew than they did, talking about how he would force our officers to commit war crimes. Um, you know, you'd like to think that intelligence and decency would be enough, but it's not. So what yeah. does this Democratic Party have to do? What does this president have to do on the executive order level? What can they do to inspire the people to show up? This is a really good question. I, I imagine there are several things on the horizon, things that are on a, a wish list to do. Uh, my concern, and this is, again, one of the things I talked about with Rachel Bittacoffer today, is a, a dynamic, a structural dynamic that I've been referring to as the fascism gap. In one of the latest uh, polls, uh, Joe Biden's approval poll, in fact, I think it was from Quinnipiac, showed that there were 3%, 3% of Republicans actually think Joe Biden is doing a good job as president. However, there are 12% of Democrats who believe he's not doing a good job. Yeah. 12% yeah. of Democrats who disapprove of the job Joe Biden is doing. And the difference between the 3% of Republicans who approve and the 12% of Democrats who disapprove, that's the fascism gap. That's right. you have a lockstep Republican Party who, by and large, other than that little minuscule three percent, think that Joe Biden is Satan and that he's the worst president ever. And you can do the list on down from there, whereas um, the Democrats are a little bit more split, you know, just that that extra nine percent more split than the Republican Party. And, and that creates an issue with voter turnout, that creates an issue, and, and maybe it's younger voters. I don't know. Maybe it's the the far left progressives that compose that nine percent. I don't know what it is. I don't know what difference that is. But the fact of the matter is that Democrats have fewer people who are willing to align behind the party than That's the right. Republicans do. 
And that's well, just a basic uh, structural thing. We've seen this yeah, going back quo to is always more you know, the Will Rogers bit about I don't belong to an organized party. I'm a Democrat. You know, yeah. <laughs> and the Republicans fall in line. The Democrats fall in love. It's the old maxims. Right. That's right. But that's this that's the, the statistical illustration of what we're talking about. And in, in elections like this, where there's an energy advantage on one side, the Republican side, that's where that gap really always comes into play, where that could really hurt us in the uh, yes. in the election. Well, the voting against their own interest belt is always going to turn mm. out strong. They're voting oh, yeah. against things yeah. rather than voting for things. And of course, the status quo is always more organized. That's how mm-hmm. it got to be the status quo. And, and yep. let's not forget, in our lifetime, I can't stop saying it, Democrats have only been elected president after Republicans have fucked up incredibly. Um, mm-hmm. Democrats only get power after Republicans fuck up incredibly. Republicans get power uh, after Democrats have cleaned up their mess. This has been the cycle yeah. we have lived through time and time again, yeah, which know. brings us to the mask mandate and how a president, the majority of Americans voted against twice, appointed a judge with no experience who the American Bar Association said was not qualified to be a judge. And that one individual overruled the CDC to kill the mask mandate. But the irony is, Bob, if there's not another big deadly wave, um, by the time Election Day rolls around, Joe Biden's going to look like this happened on his watch and he'll be getting the credit, whether he deserves it or not, for the mask mandate ending. That's true. It all depends on how visible DOJ's challenge to this ruling actually is, because I mean, there's a big topic of discussion today. I know Jen Psaki was fielding lots of questions about it in the press room. Ultimately, what we're looking at right now, John, is what needs to be in future generations, some sort of cautionary fable for children. In terms of, I mean, it feels like that. It feels like it would, you know, what we're dealing with with COVID, with the people who, uh, you know, are cheering the end of mask mandates, who didn't want to get vaccinated, on down the line, watching them, and then seeing these giant spikes occur after they've, you know, shirked their responsibility. Uh, it's almost like it should be illustrated with like two chipmunks living in a tree somewhere in a children's fable or something like that, like the. I don't know, like the, the country mouse and the city mouse and the one prepares for winter and the other one doesn't. Yeah. And the one who doesn't ends up starving to death and the one who does, you know, et cetera. But, but this that's is what we've had. What we're that's what we've had. We just mandate. watched we just watched Donald Trump ride the expanding wave of the Obama recovery for four years yeah. and take credit for every Obama economic trend. And mm-hmm. his supporters believe it because they're not getting any other critical thinking like Fox News is not disabusing them of their false notions. So, again, yeah. Joe Biden's going to clean up their mess. And then the next Republican, if a Republican follows, will mm-hmm. take credit for the Biden trends. This is what happened yeah. after Clinton as well, which brings it's... us to testicle tanning. Um, <laughs> okay. Gotcha. Bob, if a, mm. if an MSNBC host put out softcore gay porn, like Tucker Carlson did in that promo. That thing was so gay, I, I, I bought lube, Bob. That thing was so gay, I came out to my wife, Bob. That thing was, was, <laughs> that thing was so gay, Skittles poured out of my computer, Bob. Um, if an if, if, if a MSNBC host were to talk about the benefits of testicular tanning mm-hmm. for your virility, they'd be laughed out of a job. They figured out that there was, uh, I don't know, a consortium uh, in the Red Hat Entertainment Complex. Maybe it involves Donald Trump. Who knows who the hell is responsible for all this? But at some point, Republicans figured out 
that they can sell anything to their sucker base. I mean, yep. you can go back to hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, right. uh, uh, ble pumping bleach into your veins in order to kill COVID. So it's natural that Tucker Carlson would come along and say, hey, instead of going to your doctor like normal people do and getting a blood test to test your testosterone levels, and then you maybe you can get on testosterone plays. Instead of that, instead of relying on science and expertise, why don't you talk to this guy who's selling me this contraption that'll zap your nuts with microwaves or <laughs> nuke your ball sack or whatever they're doing. And, yeah. and of course you gotta know that people are lined up. Where do I, where's the 800 number? How do I get this thing to fry my balls? And even worse, because we saw them completely get it wrong with ivermectin. And instead of getting the prescription human ivermectin, they went and got the horse paste, right? Indeed. So instead you're going to see a lot of red hats going to tanning booths and, and doing it wrong that way. And tanning exactly. booths are out in the hot sunshine. <laughs> all summer long getting melanoma skin cancer on their their dick and their balls and the whole i mean just you're you can absolutely see it coming down mainstream i can, can and bob that's that's why i say conservative men we were wrong keep on watching tucker please we were wrong never stop watching him bob seska <laughs> thank you so much for joining us everyone subscribe to bob seska's podcast